Hey beautiful freedomist, this is a little bit of a bonus episode and we're going to be talking about future trends and how that's going to impact you personally and professionally. Like seriously, this is going to be good. Welcome to the Suitcase Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Sisson from New Zealand, and I'm here to show you how to create freedom in business and adventure in life. Whether you simply want a profitable business you can run from your own home and take the rest of the time off enjoying doing what you love, or if you want to travel the world and be a digital nomad, this podcast is for you. So let's go for it. So I'm really excited because we are coming up to the last four episodes ever of the Suitcase Entrepreneur Podcast as you know it. And I'm excited for that because this is a good thing. It's a transition time and there's a new future for this podcast, a new trend, a new theme, and I think you're going to love it. But it also highlights that after four and a half years of this podcast, close to 250 interviews, because remember my freshman 15 when I was doing a couple of times a week, they were just me talking to you. So around 250 interviews with some pretty incredible people. And I've put in these two extra bonus episodes that you're going to get this week and next week, basically to end on a high note, to end on episode 300, because I get to do that. So I hope you're going to enjoy this because Right now, you're probably thinking, if you're listening to this in December, you're probably thinking about next year, about the goals you want to set, about the plans that you'd like to make, about the dreams that you'd love to make happen. And it is absolutely the right time to be doing that. And if you want to do that in a structured way and plan out your ideal year in two hours or less, then please go across and check out suitcaseentrepreneur.com forward slash workshop, because I held a live workshop on this. Now I've broken it down into a little mini course and people are freaking loving it. So if you're not going to get your plans out and you just want a little bit of extra help, you want me taking you through exactly how to plan your ideal year, starting with you first, your editorial calendar, your productivity tips and so much more. Check that out. But I want to take you further than that today, because if you think about it, as human beings, many researchers and goal setting experts and success superstars have said that really we kind of only want to plan three months ahead. Three months ahead kind of gives you something tangible that you can actually hold on to and that doesn't seem so overwhelming as three years and five year goals. And I was watching a short video by my man Tony Robbins today who I love and I'm actually super excited. I finally am hopefully going to get to one of his events next year. More on that later. Well more on that when I talk about it and you hear about it but In this particular video, he was saying, whoever's writing three and five year business plans is crazy because things are happening so much more quickly than for you to be able to plan three or five years out ahead. And I have to agree. I mean, I've just come back to Wellington. I'm back in my beautiful apartment. I'm here for just three months. I'm wandering around the streets, getting reacquainted, familiarizing myself with the city that I love. But Actually, I'm feeling just a little bit disjointed from right now. And this always happens whenever you come back to a place. You feel a little kind of lonely, but connected all at the same time. And it's an odd feeling until you settle in. And all I'm doing is looking around and saying, oh, there's a a new apartment building. Like, where did that come from? And there's a new restaurant, a new cafe. There's been an earthquake here recently. And so a big part of Courtney Place is shut off. And that's kind of sad. So there's all this growth. And then there's these things that have just stalled out. And I feel sorry for the businesses who aren't able to do any business. 
But it made me think, as in particular, as I was walking by McDonald's. So I grew up in the city. I spent the first 20 so years of my life here. And even though I've been away for around 10 years on and off, and I was actually away for a huge stint of time before I came back, what surprises me is how quickly everything is modernizing. And I swear that McDonald's, when I was younger, whenever I walked past, looked the same for about 10 to 15 years. I mean, I don't know if you've experienced this, but basically nothing happened to it. It's the same style, the same interior for 10 to 15 years. And then in the past two visits that I've come back, it's modernized itself incredibly. It looks like a super fancy, I don't know, restaurant now with less Wi-Fi and order here and electronic ordering in advance and fancy cash registers and super, you know, dynamic HD screens. And I swear things didn't progress this quickly when I was younger. Now, maybe as a teenager, I just wasn't as observant of those things because I was too busy hanging out with my friends or, you know, checking out boys. But I just, I feel like things are moving at the speed of light. And they really are. And so I wanted to take you through this pretty awesome thing that came into my inbox. It's an email. It's an email I don't know where the source is from. And I've tried finding it for you. It's one of those emails that my mum sent me. You know the ones that your parents forward to you and usually they're jokes or gags or really cute animal ones. But this one in particular was really fascinating. And I said, mum, where's the source? Like, did you, can you send me the full email? Like, who wrote this? It's really interesting. And it's a lot of discussions that I've been having with friends recently and peers and influencers. And she said, well, it was sent from our friend Derek. And I was like, no, 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 like the source. So Derek actually got in touch and... He said, I'm sorry, I haven't been able to find it myself. I looked up on Facebook and Google and it looks like it's part of a, a sort of a, not a chain mail series, but a series of events that hasn't got anybody's name attributed to it. So I cannot attribute this to anybody, but I'm going to read it out to you and I'm going to comment as I go because I think this is fascinating for you to learn too. Okay, here we go. We are indeed seeing a lot of new innovations today at an unprecedented rate. Smartphones, smartwatches, electric cars and self-driving ones too. 3D printing, IBM's Watson face and retina recognition. Tiny chips and tinier SIM cards, microdata, etc, etc. Let's go back to 1998 when Kodak had 170,000 employees and sold 85% of all photo paper worldwide. Within just a few years, their business model disappeared and they became bankrupt. Isn't that crazy? 1998. What happened to Kodak will happen in a lot of industries in the next 10 years, and most people don't see it coming. Did you think in 1998 that three years later you would never take pictures on paper film again? I paused at that moment and I was like, no, I probably didn't. Yet digital cameras were invented in 1975. The first ones only had 10,000 pixels, but followed Moore's law. So as with all exponential technologies, it was a disappointment for a long time before it became way superior and got mainstream in only a few short years. It will now happen with artificial intelligence, health, autonomous and electric cars, education, 3D printing, agriculture and jobs. Welcome to the fourth industrial revolution. Welcome to the exponential age. Software will disrupt most traditional industries in the next five to ten years. Uber is just a software tool. They don't own any cars and are now the biggest taxi company in the world. And a little caveat from me here, um, Uber never set out to hire drivers. So if you're an Uber driver, I'm sorry to kind of tell you this, but basically they were always gunning for self-driving cars. Like they literally don't want a workforce. They don't want to actually pay drivers. They want to have self-driving cars. So there's a little heads up. Airbnb is now the biggest hotel company in the world, although they don't own any properties. Artificial intelligence, 
Computers become exponentially better in understanding the world. This year, a computer beat the best Go player in the world 10 years earlier than expected. Now, excuse my ignorance, I don't even know what Go is, so I'm, I'm going to go look that up. In the US, young lawyers already don't get jobs because of IBM Watson. You can get legal advice so far for more or less basic stuff within seconds with 90% accuracy compared with 70% accuracy when done by humans. So if you study law, stop immediately. <laughs> it's a little bit out there, right? So we're, you know, take this seriously, but also know that some of it's meant to kind of, I guess, scare and shake us up. But it is a look into the very near future. There will be 90% less lawyers in the future. Only specialists will remain. Watson already helps nurses diagnosing cancer four times more accurately than human nurses. I'm going to link to this IBM Watson in the show notes for you, which you can get at suitcaseentrepreneur.com forward slash 297 if you're interested in learning more. Facebook now has a pattern recognition software that can recognize faces better than humans. It's a bit scary. Does that mean that Facebook's going to be testing in a court of law like in the witness stand. Autonomous cars. In 2018, the first self-driving cars will appear for the public. And they're already in production and they're being trialed. But, you know, that's not very far away. That's like a year and a bit away. Around 2020, the complete industry will start to be disrupted. You don't want to own a car anymore. Now, I think that's a little dramatic. I think phasing out of cars is going to take a lot longer. But who knows? You know, we did go to digital photos within three years. And I was thinking the other day when I was driving my lovely convertible again, which I've actually only had the pleasure of having for about three or four months before I went away. And I'm only back for three months, so I'm going to make the most out of it. But I did think, you know what, why did I buy this car? I should have bought a green car, an energy efficient car. I shouldn't have bought a car at all, saved myself the 20 grand and like jumped in Ubers all the time and had my own drivers. And when I jump back in my convertible, I realize why I bought it. Because it's super fun and I can put the top down. I can speed around. And it's just a V6 3 liter and it's so awesome. But really, really, I probably shouldn't have a car. You will call a car with your phone. It'll show up at your location and drive you to your destination. You will not need to park it. You only pay for the driven distance and can be productive while driving. Our kids will never get a driver's license and will never own a car. And I have had a few conversations with parents about this because isn't it crazy to think that most kids growing up now will never actually learn how to drive a car. They definitely won't learn how to drive a manual or a stick. Um, they probably won't actually learn how to drive a car. They probably won't ever learn how to write with handwriting because frankly, how often do you write something down now? For, for those of us in the slightly cooler era of being born in the 70s and 80s and 90s yes but and obviously before that but I really think that most people aren't even going to learn what handwriting is or the art of those sort of things it'll change the cities because we will need 90 to 95 percent less cars for that we can transform former parking space into parks 1.2 million people die each year in car accidents worldwide we now have one accident every 100,000 kilometers. With autonomous driving, that'll drop to one accident in 10 million kilometers. Well, this is what they predict. That will save a million lives each year. Now, when you look at that, that's like if that legitimately happens, that is amazing. And to have parks, like park space, beautiful nature where car parks were or more apartments or more useful facilities instead of car parks is oh, just so good. Most car companies might become bankrupt. That's a great sentence in itself, isn't it? It's like major prediction. Most car companies might 
become bankrupt. But it's a fair point. Traditional car companies try the evolutionary approach and just build a better car, while tech companies, Tesla, Apple, Google, will do the revolutionary approach and build a computer on wheels. Now, whoever this person is who, who wrote this said, I spoke to a lot of engineers from Volkswagen and Audi. They are completely terrified of Tesla. <laughs> With cheap electricity comes cheap and abundant water. Desalination now only needs 2 kilowatts per cubic meter. We don't have scarce water in most places. We only have scarce drinking water. Imagine what will be possible if anyone can have as much clean water as he wants for nearly no cost. Or she wants. Health. The Tricorder X price will be announced this year. There will be companies who build a medical device called the Tricorder from Star Trek that works with your phone, which takes your retina scan, your blood sample, and you breathe into it. It then analyzes 54 biomarkers that will identify nearly any disease. It'll be cheap, so in a few years, everyone on this planet will have access to world-class medicine nearly for free. If that is the case, that is epic. 3D printing. The price of the cheapest 3D printer came down from $18,000 to $400 within 10 years. In the same time, it became 100 times faster. That's crazy. All major shoe companies started 3D printing shoes. Spare airplane parts are already 3D printed in remote airports. The space station now has a printer that eliminates the need for the large amount of spare parts they used to have in the past. At the end of this year, new smartphones will have 3D scanning possibilities. You can then 3D scan your feet and print your perfect shoe at home. If this shit happens, it's craziness. Uh, by the way, have you actually seen a 3D printer in action? It's pretty amazing. I got to see it at a conference called Productize in Lisbon about a month and a half back, and there was one on display there, and it was printing out this little mini Buddha, and it was also printing out a Santa, I think. And, I mean, that's a small-scale, tiny little thing, but it is crazy to just see the thing going back and forth and creating this physical thing. In China, they already 3D printed a complete six-story office building. It's nuts. By 2027... 10% of everything that's being produced will be 3D printed. So let that sink in for a moment, even if it's less than that or if it's more. What do you need to be doing to get on the 3D printing craze? If it's becoming more affordable than ever and faster, what can you be potentially producing that you already do in your business that could be done through 3D printing? And what could you be purchasing in your home in just a few years' time that maybe right now you're having to travel or send off for or pay a premium for? All right, business opportunities. Dun, 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 dun. If you think of a niche you want to go in, ask yourself in the future, do you think we will have that? And if the answer is yes, how can you make that happen sooner? Another point that this person makes is if it doesn't work with your phone, forget the idea. <laughs> okay. And you know, I usually think phones are going to be outdated soon. We're going to have chips in ourselves. There's already, I don't know if it was true or not, but my God, my mum, she watches the craziest stuff sometimes. She showed me this video the other day. So pull your sleeve down if you're wearing a top or a jacket. Look at your forearm and your hand and then flip it the other way so you're looking at the underneath of your wrist. And they basically had this scanner kind of piece of equipment that would show like the iPhone screen on the back of your arm and then you could actually move around with your finger on your skin and it was doing the same thing as a smartphone was doing. And I looked at it and I was like, that's not real, that's fake, but I actually once again, this is the the most uncharted podcast with zero scientific, logical 
references, footnotes, or anything. So you can just listen in awe and believe it all, or you can be cursing at me from wherever you're listening to this podcast going, Natalie, you haven't checked any facts. And I'm happy to say, no, I haven't checked any facts. I'm coming to you with this random email that fascinated me. And even if it's half true, it's still absolutely worth listening to and fascinating. Uh, But before I go on, I'm just going to say a little note to our sponsor. Just a little break here to say that this podcast is sponsored by HostGator. HostGator are awesome if you want reliable hosting for your blog and website. And what's more, if you want that right now at 50% off, you just have to head across to HostGator.com forward slash suitcase. Basically, they're your one-stop shop for all things related to web hosting. Thanks for the 24-7, 365 days a year live support, which you can get via chat, phone, and email. They will answer any questions that you might have about hosting your website or blog. And they've basically partnered with me to help me help you to get started. So head to hostgator.com forward slash suitcase for 50% off any new hosting package. You can't get better than that. All right, we're back. Any idea designed for success in the 20th century is doomed to failure in the 21st century. It's a little dramatic, but we'll run with it. Work. 70 to 80% of jobs will disappear in the next 20 years. There will be a lot of new jobs, but it's not clear if there'll be enough new jobs in such a small time. I'm guessing the end of that sentence should have said to be able to give employment to everybody, which is never possible at any one time anyway. Agriculture. There will be a $100 agricultural robot in the future. Farmers in third world countries can then become managers of their field instead of working every day. I wasn't so sure on how this one would work. If everybody's got a $100 robot and there's a bunch of robots, what are the farmers going to do? Sit around, like, chatting, getting drunk? I mean, I don't know. There's, there's at some point, there's going to be one farmer who can buy more than one robot or more than two robots, and they're going to be able to dominate that landscape, and then other farmers are probably going to have to rent or hire their robot, and there's going to, it's just, you know, it's going to get tricky. And then the robots will take over, which everybody thinks they will, and, you know, We'll be back in the fields and the robots will be managing us. It's like modern day slavery. I'm just being just being silly, but somewhat, somewhat truthful. Aquaponics will need much less water. The first Petri dish that produced veal is now available and will be cheaper than cow produced veal in 2018. That's crazy. Right now, 30% of all agricultural surfaces is used for cows. Imagine if we don't need that space anymore. That in itself would be one of the biggest problems for us to solve because it's not that meat eaters are destroying the world, it's but it's our hunger and desire for farming of meat that is absolutely destroying this planet. So if it can be grown in a petri dish, I'm all for that, even though that doesn't sound tasty. There are several startups who will bring insect protein to the market shortly. It contains more protein than meat. It'll be labeled as alternative protein source, because most people still reject the idea of eating insects. And I have to admit, I was watching Shark Tank about a year ago, and this lady came on, and she was using insect protein. Uh, And she was trying to sell that she's made these bars, and muesli bars, and just all the stuff that was made with insect protein powder. And she explained all the benefits of why it's incredibly healthy, and it's got way more protein And I think they did actually invest in her because she had such a good brand behind it. But she said the market is still really small because people are taking a long time to realize that they're eating bugs. There is an app called Moody's, which can already tell in which mood you are. 
don't know how useful that is. Like if I'm frustrated, you're probably going to see that I'm frustrated. But I do see the uh, I do see why that would be very useful in airports and on public transport and in such places like events where there's tons of people to be able to tell what mood people are in and how you can change their state. Until 2020, there will be apps that can tell by your facial expressions if you're lying. That's pretty cool. Imagine a political debate where it's being displayed when they're telling the truth and when not. Well, basically, it would be saying, meh, meh, they're lying the whole time, wouldn't it? I don't know. That's what I feel. Comes with the territory of politics. Bitcoin, which I wrote about in my Suitcase Entrepreneur book in 2013, even though I didn't fully understand it, will become mainstream this year and might even become the default reserve currency. I'm going to reserve the right to say that probably won't happen. Longevity. Right now, the average lifespan increases by three months per year. Four years ago, the lifespan used to be 79 years. Now it's 80 years. The increase itself is increasing, said the smartest person in the world. And by 2036, there will be more than one year increase per year. If you followed along with me on that, that means we all might live for a long, long time, probably way more than 100 I found this bit got a little bit waffly, to be fair, because people are already living way more than 100. I guess if the general population were, that's potentially a good thing and potentially an almighty bad thing. Because if our population is increasing at a huge rate and everybody is sticking around longer, that's going to be a huge strain on our resources in this environment, which is lucky that we're making veal in a Petri dish. Surely that's going to help. Education. The cheapest smartphones are already at $10 in Africa and Asia. In 2020, 70% of all humans will own a smartphone. That's crazy. That means everyone has the same access to world-class education. Every child can use Khan Academy for everything a child learns at school in first world countries. We have already released our software in Indonesia and will release it in Arabic, Swahili and Chinese this summer because I see an enormous potential. I need to figure out who's saying this. We will give the English app for free so that children in Africa can become fluent in English within half a year. And then it goes dot, dot, dot. Fascinating, but a bit scary too. The future is here and happening faster than you can imagine. If anybody can tell me where the source of this talk, this speech, this pretty fascinating written piece came from, I will send you a copy of my book and... You can shout out at Natalie Sisson on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Yes, I'm very branded these days. Um, but please, if you know where the speech came from or who was talking about it, it's clearly somebody in a tech company because they said our software will do this. In the meantime, I might actually find the source, but happy for you guys to just tweet me if you know where this came from. More importantly, come across to suitcaseentrepreneur.com forward slash 297. Check out the brand new website, the beautiful blog, and leave a comment below this on what excites you, scares the bejesus out of you about this, or you think is a load of bollocks, or you're very, very interested in learning more about. Because, you know, these are some grand predictions in here. But I have a feeling that probably 50 to 70 percent, 50 to 60 percent of this is going to be absolutely relevant in the next couple of years. And for us as entrepreneurs, um, just in general, in the way we live, so many things are going to be changing. And we need to obviously keep ahead of the trends and keep on top of this stuff. So I hope you enjoyed that. I personally find this stuff really fascinating. And as I said, have zero reference for you and zero fact checking behind this. 
But I hope you enjoyed it and I hope that you are really looking forward to 2017. So bringing you back to right now, focusing in, what are you most excited about over the next three to six months? I can tell you that I am super excited about the brand new podcast coming out in January. It's going to have a little couple of weeks break there and then it's going to be out. And I'm really excited about my quest for freedom in 2017 and this adventure I'm going on that I hope you guys will go on too. Uh, more on that in the next episode and stay tuned for the finale episode and I've got a little surprise up my belt as well episode 299 so stay tuned I apologize if you've been listening in iTunes and the the podcast disappeared for a week or so with the changeover to the new website the feed actually got lost and so I had to resubmit it but good news is it's now on a lot of different platforms as well and as of today it is back and working in iTunes so yay Thank you for being an amazing freedomist. Tune in to the next.